Ladies and gentlemen, after such a long time in between episodes, if I remember correctly, the last episode we did was a little bit before I ended up moving from Tennessee over to Arizona. Um, I know we did one recently. I know that for sure. But it was definitely before we moved. And if not, then, well, I'm I'm oblivious to my own podcast lineage or something like that. Just the episodes that I've been getting out to the public. And before anything else, of course, definitely big shout out to GamerSups. I'm not officially sponsored or anything, but I just got my new flavor for emotional damage, which is strawberry peach. And that's what I'm being fueled by for tonight's session. So um, good shit. And anybody who hasn't ever invested into the product, I would definitely recommend it because it's really healthy. It's really good stuff. And it, uh, it keeps you energized. It keeps you focused. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, after they have just conquered a live stream, um, signing some merch, getting that ready to go for all of their listeners. Currently, they are 3,316 3, possible monthly listeners. So among those, you know, whoever decides to grab merch, they just did a live stream and then they hopped right over to here. Um, so I do appreciate all of the boys taking time out of their afternoon after also conquering a music video, their first music video yesterday, which is why they're all there in the first place. Um, and the only missing piece of the puzzle being their new drummer or their drummer. I'm not sure about new, but you know, drummer in general, just the whole band is there. And it's a, uh, it's an, it's an honor to be hosting you guys on the anatomy Crosscast Now, if anything, that's something fresh for this episode. It's no longer the anatomy podcast. Cause I'm tired of, uh, competing with an actual i think like lobotomy podcast called the anatomy podcast and i mean you know i can't exactly beat a podcast that goes in depth most likely on certain surgeries or how certain things are supposed to go maybe like horror stories in the hospital who fucking knows but all i know is i uh. cannot compete with the actual anatomy podcast probably from the perspective of a doctor so we changed it to the anatomy crosscast everybody welcome to the anatomy crosscast and it's going to be super easy to find now. Just type in CrossCast exactly how you think it would be spelt, and you will be able to find this podcast. But as you guys know, when it comes to the Anatomy CrossCast and its formula, we have the first section, which is going to be for people. So we're going to be learning the stories of the people that are available today in session. We're going to be digging as much as we can and as much as they are comfortable with into their past, into their history, into their legacy as musicians. And then with their recent album, Endless Cycle of Suffering, releasing in the second half, we figure out the questions like, why is your band called The Pretext to Human Suffering? Or why the hell are you kind of on a label but aren't on a label? And then we will be taking at least a little bit of time um, and we will be trying to lyrically dissect what isn't already dissected with this album with the um, with the little... Uh, excerpt of passage on their Instagram already kind of giving an overlapping uh, narrative and just kind of a summary of what's going on lyrically with this record. But for starters, gentlemen, how are you doing? Good, man. Fantastic. Good, good. I mean, I know I know you in the back from some other projects in the past, including like Sold Soul, and now you're in Possession with Intent, which is insane. Really awesome to have you on and to know that you're bouncing around so many heavy projects, dude. Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you hear that. But yeah, fuck yeah. 
Absolutely, man. Got to recognize legacy. Got to recognize legends and history here today. After all, with Endless Cycle of Suffering being as solid as a record as it is, the front-to-back session over on Sean Cross. Well, I'm glad we are finally here to be telling these guys' stories as musicians, how they came together and said, fuck it, we're just going to write an album. We're going to write this whole ass band. We're going to get it together. And we're just going to write some heavy fucking music that is just absolutely relentless and provides good for marketing and endless cycle of suffering, oddly speaking, unless if you're into metal and then you're like, yes, this is disgusting, but it's so fucking good. It's like, you know, $5, you know, it's, it's a good old value pack meal at your <laughs> local fast food restaurant or something. Just like, yes, here's my cravings box, baby. <laughs> like, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> so for starters, um, whoever really wants to start first, as I just said, basically, this is your time to tell your story as a musician. And though I cannot be there in person to uh, film a whole ass documentary one day, hopefully that will be the case um, until further notice, you know, it's just in between the screen, but this is your time to tell your story. This is your time to provide all stories, insight behind the scenes, knowledge woo, to your audience, to your fans about what you feel is relevant to you as a musician, anybody may start because i know good old vocalist um he i think on stream i remember you saying you had like laryngitis so maybe your voice yeah, is hurting him. yeah <laughs> so maybe your voice is hurting a little bit you know maybe he can go last whatever order you guys want to do um this is your time take your time and just tell your story whoever may um may and start i'll move forward to all of you and actually my breaking out voice but uh yeah, I like uh, started the project like I think 2020 as a solo project, and I found a bassist from uh, Slovakia. Slovakia. Okay. And then uh, I joined the Flesh and Gutted. I had him and him in it, and then uh, they had sent me some tracks that they had written, like their own shit, and it was kind of along the same vibe and lines as like what I was writing. So. I was like, I already have a project started. Do y'all want to just like join up and get this going? And so they they joined with me. Spencer, I played in. I'm, I lived in Vancouver, uh, Canada for like 15 years, and I played in bands with him. And so like when we lost our original bassist, he's the first guy I messaged. He was down as fuck like right away. And uh, the drummer we picked up is. Uh, a young, very talented, like, kid who's not in any other bands. I saw off a YouTube video, like, covering Arcspire. I was like, hey, man, are you in a band? Are you looking for a band? And he was, and, like, now he's part of the project, and we're finally, like, a full-functioning band, so it's really exciting for us right now. Like, we're together here in El Paso right now to just, like you already said, we filmed our music video. And we're going to start doing pre-production on like a shitload of new music like, like within the next three days we already have like an album worth of stuff to work out so that's about i, I think yeah, yeah on my is, end yeah. yeah yeah these are hype times man and you guys are just like yeah. keeping it going you're keeping it moving and that's it's momentum man that's really what helps yeah. a band sustain itself is momentum so when For you're sure. able to finally unite it's almost like yes. you know the allies or the axis powers if we're talking about war oh, yeah you know it's, it's, it's like uh, everybody's coming together. <laughs> we, we get so much more work done in person than like files back and forth, which is how we normally work. But like, what a pain, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we 
where this came from, like finalize the song within like hours as opposed to like days, you know what I'm saying? So like it's so much better being in person for us, like for the writing process. Right. Yeah. yeah. Naturally, man. Well, let's see. Let's I, I if anything, I forgot to do this as well. If everybody can uh <laughs> introduce themselves like um like what they do for the band yeah. and their name. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Chris, I'm the vocalist also writes some music and I was part of the um, I'm Beto. I play guitar for the play guitar and write music for this project. Well, everyone does. <laughs> yeah, Wes. I play guitar as well. He also writes. Everyone writes. Yeah. Spencer, <laughs> I play bass, and uh, I think I'm gonna be doing some backup vocals on the new album and stuff like that. So right. So I think yeah, I'm gonna be writing for the new album. I'm not sure yet though. <laughs> like, yeah, like we're, gonna, all that. we're gonna continue down the same path. Not really like pigeonholing ourselves uh, subgenre wise. Yeah, we have songs that are like straight up tech death and songs that are like straight up caveman savagery, and like we don't want to pigeon ourselves or like like I said, pigeonhole ourselves like genre wise. We're just gonna keep doing our own thing. Sorry, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Absolutely, and that that's the thing too is like as far as i'm concerned these days when it comes to heavy music it's 2023 now like there yeah. are a lot of major subgenres that are getting their spotlight and then yeah. you have what is cemented into the history the hall of fame per se of subgenres with like slam or tech death and yeah, you know, all sure. these just various thematic based uh yeah. subgenres of music now it's crazy like freaking pirate metal or like kawaii core uh, yeah. to the homies in lucretia <laughs> over in California because it's just it's getting more and more specific over time and I mean these days yeah. you even kind of tried to isolate bands like Brand of Sacrifice to being like berserker themed uh deathcore with electronic elements or something but then you're like duh that just yeah. like break it down that that's Brand of Sacrifice dude that's just how they sound man and I'm like okay yeah. cool there you go because that's like per brand per marketing yeah so yeah it's it's really good that um that more and more bands over time like of course for the it's like really for the Facebook page right you have like the FFO four fans of and then yeah days it could be sixteen different bands that are yeah. established for you know? for us it's it's kind of hard to put up for fans of I think I don't know because like where we're coming from is like traditional death metal bands like Origin and like Vile Remains but also like newer shit. So I don't even really know. We're just kind of like deciding to just kind of label ourselves as modern death metal band. Yeah. It's really hard to like stick a genre tag on what we're doing. I mean, we feel. So that's kind of where we're at. It's like we had elements of slam and like modern death core and like modern death metal. And, like, yeah. A bunch of shit going on. So we just listen to a whole bunch of music that we really don't like to stick to a label per se but uh we just want to be brutal and sick and just like yeah it's really all about like the songs when we're writing music it's like the movement of music is like how we kind of break it down and like not everything is really organic when we write music and nothing is really like forced like we need to have this section in yeah it's gonna be sick it's gonna be sick we brought it down, now we're going to build it back up, now we're going to drop it off with, like, Eric Crescendo and shit like that. So, like, and also, our ADHD helps yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all unhinged ADHD fuckery, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you can definitely hear that, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, that's a damn good thing because ADHD, it affects like the modern age, the modern times so significantly that like a lot of people are like recognizing it as a plague or an epidemic or whatever. It's just like, well, you have ADHD, like what? Yeah. Jack of all yeah. trades, what? It's like, no, no, no. It's just well, like you're not able to really devote to one thing in life because there's so yeah. much stuff going on. There's so much stimulation in the world that yeah, it's hard absolutely. to try to isolate to one thing because once you do, like you might as well just isolate to a broader spectrum of whatever you want to focus on kind of relates to, for example, music and just being a musician these days is a lot more complicated than what it used to be. Like back in the day, of course, bands would get fucked over by management all the time or metal yeah. bands would be yeah. like actually crumbs, like, you know, we will crumble. Yeah. The crumb. Nowadays, it's like, you know, you you get a good gig, you become a decently relevant band, you write enough music to satisfy most people, question mark, in the industry, and then you yeah. might get a gig, you might get a you might get an offer with the with the record label, but then you can't just be a band these days. No, 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 no. No, you gotta wear many hats, like being in a band for sure. It's yeah. nowadays it's more like you gotta be able to like edit videos and like yes. be a social media manager and like come up with like content and shit and record record your own music. Yeah, recording shit makes like produce, like you gotta be able to do it all. And you gotta know how to market your own yeah. version Jack of all trades, like yeah. you said, yeah. but basically just you gotta be more like an entertainer with like solid gems to back you up. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, the music industry has changed so much over the years. It's, it's very oversaturated too, man. Like there's a lot, a lot of music out there. It's hard. It's hard to like get a footing being a newer band just because it is so oversaturated. It's hard it to is. like get eyes or ears on your project or whatever. Yeah. And then like as I've recalled in like multiple episodes before, because this is the, the truth, it's there. It's around us all the time. Like one in four people around the whole world, man. Our musicians, our creators, they they have yeah. some type of creative medium. So therefore, you think about, you know, the thousands of bands maybe that you happen to be following or that you've heard one song by. There's like 15 yeah. bands trying to do the same exact thing. So yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. But among other things, of course, um, you know, as as we're like getting a little bit more comfortable and warmed up and settled in a little bit. Um, absolutely. I want to like definitely tell you guys a story a lot more than just like, yeah, we're in a band. You know, we, we don't really isolate to one genre, but we're doing what we want. We're having fun. We're inspired by new and old stuff, recognizing history, um, acknowledging uh, the next legacy, that type of thing. But if anything, um, I definitely want to dig a little bit more and like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. yeah. So if anything, um, Chris, that's, you said your name was Chris. Yeah. Okay. So if yes. you want to, you may start off, sir, um, go ahead and like, kind of tell us how you ended up getting into vocals. And like, if you had any other things you were doing when you were a lot younger, I know you mentioned, uh, you know, that's that 
what was a solo project and what ended up becoming a pretext of human suffering. But, you know, maybe there were band projects beforehand that you were doing. Oh, yeah. Maybe one of them happened to be a pop punk band or a hardcore band, whatever. Like, yeah. let's learn as much about you as possible that you wouldn't be otherwise providing the public domain because sure. that's the spice of the anatomy crosscast. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I started playing music at a really young age. My dad played guitar. And I had a guitar when I was like six years old and I didn't really start seriously playing until I was about 12, like learning shit like Nirvana and like grunge era stuff. And then like, as I grew up into my teens, I got into like new metal and like bands like Korn, like when their first album was coming out and like Slipknot type shit. And then I just kind of progressed as time went on into like heavier music for me. My first like, the jib band I was in, I think it was when I was like 14 and it was like a new metal, I guess, sounding band. Uh, I moved to Canada when I was like uh, 20 years old and then I joined a metal band called Civil Ruin I was in for a while. Um, we, got a, we got a guitarist that was uh, I became really good friends with and then we left that band and started the band Abriosis from Vancouver, which is like a very progressive technical death metal band. I was just on, like, as far as, like, uh, I was just their singer, and I'm only on their first recording. After that, like, we did a run across Canada, and then, like, I got kicked out of that band, actually. <laughs> and then uh, I got asked to join. I got picked up immediately by a different band from Vancouver called Algamax, which is also, also like, a very fast, like technical death metal band from like 2010. And then I started a death crime band called Ogram. And I also joined another band on vocals called uh, Zuckus, which was like a Star Wars three, uh, themed porno grind band. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, Prime didn't know about that. <laughs> also, also started, started another band I was playing guitar, like two other bands I was playing guitar in. One was called Cadaveric Lividity, which is what Spencer was from. And also another band called Yolo Swag Actinic, <laughs> which was pretty much what Peeling Flesh is, but from like 2010, where we were playing like Slam mixed with like 3 Six Mafia and shit like way before. And that's pretty much my musical history. I, I moved back to the States in 2019 and I didn't do music in, uh, or no, I moved back to the States in 2017. And I didn't do music for like two years. And then I joined D Flush and got it on vocals and then met these guys. And I started like my own thing and yeah. released like a single before I met these guys and then joined that band. Sorry, I might be getting the timeline mixed up. There and then uh, I got them to join up with Pretext. And that's kind of pretty much where we're at. D Flush and got it is now defunct. But I know like uh, these guys are also in a bunch of other projects, but. That's pretty much like my musical history. Like, oh, yeah. Pretty much. I, I, dude, awesome. And I do have to like ask the question, of course, like as someone who's, well, always been in the States, what ended up like having you go from the States to Canada and then the, uh, from Canada to the States? Like, you know, obviously yeah. there's a story there. Yeah, there is for sure, huh? Oh, awesome. So basically, well, we met each other through Defleshed and Gutted. Wes was being the basis for the time being, and then he was a vocalist. And you know, this is an international project. They're from the states, from Canada, and I'm from Mexico. And uh, 
during 2020, when the pandemic was going on, I couldn't come to the United States for like almost two years, man. And like I had some songs written down and I just couldn't get a hold of anyone in my hometown, which is Flattest, border town with El Paso. Okay. And the guys who were able to play the stuff that I wrote were already busy in other projects. And it was it's just a very limited pool of musicians to choose from, right? And um, then I asked some like the group chat for Deflection got it like, hey, can someone program drums for these songs? I would like to get some sick shit going on. And then Chris reached out to me and be like, um, I have this project called A Pretext to Human Suffering. I don't know if you're interested. We share uh, the same influences. We like the same bands, you know? And he sent me a demo, which is which was Rotting Sanctum. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this shit lives. Let's do this shit. And then... <laughs> We got it going for a couple of months, and then we eventually asked Wes if he wanted to join us. And like, fuck yeah, I'm down. Let's do this shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's pretty, much, that's pretty much it. Sick. Yeah, and I mean, that's definitely a segue into um into your story and stuff like that. So. I mean, as we're kind of like speed running through this, because I know you guys have like a live stream to attend to after this and, you know, other matters to attend to because you guys are a whole ass group. Yeah, um, let's I can get I can give you that story really quick. I when I was yeah. 19, I met a girl from Vancouver in Ontario because I was on the border town of New York, and like Ontario. And I used to go there because I was underage to drink in the United States. So <laughs> me and my friends would go to a party. I met this girl. She was from Vancouver. She lived with me in Rochester for a while, which is where I'm from. And she wanted to move back, so I went back with her. We broke up very shortly after. I fell in love with the city of Vancouver. And then uh, I left Vancouver in the end because I ended up getting addicted to the fentanyl and moved back home. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's if, if not a reason. If there's no other reason, yeah. it's usually for, yeah. for a woman, for a lady. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, yeah, I had to get out of there because I became like and I needed to change of scenery. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I do appreciate you like being willing to share that <clears throat> that side of the story. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, I'm pretty open about that. Good, good. And I, I hope I can only hope that you're doing better now and that, you know, I, you're yes. navigating yeah. life. Yeah, no, I've got a family and a house and shit. I'm good. I was really happy before I left, but yeah, I'm in a good place. I got this project and shit. Like, yeah, I'm doing very good. Fantastic. Besides my voice, which, which said otherwise, but. <laughs> Well, if anything, um, to quickly kind of like wrap up your chunk of the story, Chris, um, yeah. it's a little bit more pressure, right? Uh, go ahead and provide me five bands, albums, or even like major people in your life um, that have like really influenced you throughout all these projects over time that you've done, including a pretext to human suffering. Like what are five different characters I would say that have like really helped you fuel your creative passion and have just kept you moving? I can tell you, I can easily list like five bands that have done that for me, which would be like uh, Origin, Symphalic yeah. Carnage, uh, Psyopis, uh, Converge, and then I would say Carnivorous Veracity are like the main five bands that like I really draw heavy influences from when I'm writing music, which are like a lot of different genres there, but I like, yeah, those are like my main kind of influences when it comes to writing shit. Fantastic. 
Cool. Yeah. And thank you, Chris, for uh, providing us a little bit of lore and, you know, your background as a musician, kind of reminding us of the history that and the, the, the footprints, the trail, the journey that you've like put into the floor so far, put into the ground yeah. as you continue moving crazy. forward with the pretext to human suffering. Um, and yeah. as we continue forward in the session, whilst wasting as little time as possible with these guys, because they got <laughs> a lot of shit to do. Um, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Vincent. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, that's your that's your Vincent. Thing. That's your favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah is it? Yeah, my name oh. is actually Chris, but um, uh, I'm on oh. Instagram and Facebook. It's Vince Florto, which is a Ghostbusters character. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Major character. You're good. You're good. I'll go next since yeah. we're already talking about Vancouver and shit. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. So how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, dude? Fucking pretty good, man. Getting a lot of shit done out here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if anything, yeah, uh, because, you know, you are pretty connected with Chris and his story as well. Let's go ahead and go back as far as possible. You know, the time is yours. You take as much time as you need. Tell us your story. Tell us how you got into being a bass guitarist, bro, because I'm a bass guitarist myself, too. So I get right it. On, you know, I'm not as seasoned at all, and I still need to get a couple uh, of covers on my fucking YouTube channel. Like, I'm working on it. But, you know, you are definitely a bassist if you're if you're operating as a bassist within this project and are already cranking music. And, you know, you're there in person with these boys. You're getting the – you just – you guys just got that music video done. You know what I mean? So you're, yeah. you're there. You're an active bassist. Tell us your story, man. Start from the beginning or as early as you wish to, that is. Yeah, man. So I'm 26 years old right now. I started playing bass when I was 13. Um, I My main project, or like first project, Riftwalker out of Vancouver, Canada, or like a progressive death metal band. And that was my first thing, kind of honing my skills and stuff. And uh, I met Chris uh, when I was around 17 years like old. 2013 or something. Like yeah, 20, 2014, 2015. Yeah, I joined Cadaveric Lividity and uh, we hit it off right away and uh, played lots of shows together, uh, really got along. And, um, you know, we played in that other band, Yellow Swag X, together and just <laughs> big, uh, <laughs> big, uh, I don't know, just big vibes all around with Chris and um, we we just had a really similar writing style and it was really easy to throw ideas off of one another. And um, yeah, when he asked me to join this project, man, I jumped at the chance and I, I was really, really down to be a part of it and meeting all these guys in person for the first time. It's a, it's a real like breath of fresh air and being down here. Like I, like I said, I come all the way from Vancouver. So uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did. He literally didn't have an audition. I just was like, yo, do you want to play bass? He's like, yeah. And also, <laughs> when we picked him up at the airport, it was like, yo, you're real, bro. How was video calls and all that kind of shit? It's yeah. Like, yo, you're going to play Yeah. <laughs> I've been in the band for like, what, like three years now, basically? Wow. Yeah, like two and a half, three years. And this is our first time actually all getting together. Yeah. But yeah, I also, uh, in Vancouver, currently, I'm going to school for my uh, contemporary bass studies diploma. So I, uh, I'm studying like, like jazz and classical music and stuff like harmony, Hell yes, counterpoint and 16th, 16th century choral voice leading and stuff like that. So I'm really big into music, all types of music and stuff like that. But I just, I play death metal. I love the brutal shit. So 
That's what who I do. That's why we're here, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people who don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll leave those people alone. <laughs> no, it's awesome, man. And it's like, it's, it's cool to know. It's cool to find out when you're, you're talking with musicians like this on a podcast and they're actually doing the fucking homework. You know, they're going to school to be more like involved academically with the, the instrument of choice. Like that's, that's admirable, dude. That's, that's, I love to hear that. Yeah. Um, I love that for you. And I can only hope that it's not like incredibly taxing your, you know, just like you don't want to make anything, you don't want to do anything too much. You don't want to like, uh, what is the word? What is the analogy? It's like, it's worthwhile. yeah, well, you yeah. don't want to make it to where it's not fun anymore, but yeah, yeah no, it's, it's not, not fun. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. It's, it's like honestly being in music school you think you're gonna play your instrument no it's a lot of book learning exactly. it's a lot of writing music yeah. a lot of manuscripts a lot of writing notes man and like it's cool though because like that knowledge pays with you forever right but he's the one token dude that knows all the theory all the bullshit like none of these dudes do like, that was a little bit but me and him are the like smooth brain slam back like <laughs> <laughs> no, we just know what we said. What, yeah. what sounds sick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been trying to teach these guys scales, but <laughs> no, we're, not, we're not learning that right now. <laughs> no, dude, it's 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 seriously such a big part of it. But like for a lot of musicians, including myself, dude, high school I did like beginning and intermediate guitar, and but but before I did intermediate guitar they threw me into a music theory class you know i was seeing the sheet paper i'm like oh fuck this i'm out like can i go back next door <laughs> and that's exactly what happened like the first like i can read music but tabs are just way easier yeah, for sure <laughs> like i can Agreed. read it it's like i'm slow at it but like i can do it but it's not it's not my first choice when i'm learning songs and shit. yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, and it's I, also a, play, an animal. I also play another uh band out of vancouver called cryptic enslavement so uh yeah. Check Yui. us out. Yeah. Boy, Yui. Yeah. Yui actually did a guest. <laughs> Yui, Yui did a guest solo on one of the earlier pre to human suffering songs, like way back. But uh, yeah, um, other than that, that's like basically my story, bro. Just jamming in Vancouver, meeting Chris, and then now I'm out here doing yeah. shit. Boneless Mexico. In boneless Mexico. Oh, really? You guys are in Mexico right now? No. No. Boneless, boneless Mexico. Boneless Mexico. Boneless. <laughs> Yeah, right on the border. Right on the border. <laughs> nice, nice. No, that's and I can definitely re like. I'm like, there's a lot of desert going on where they are. Like, you know, where oh, are yeah, they? Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm based in Phoenix, born and raised in Phoenix. But I'll tell you what, I am definitely not meant to be a desert rat. I just happen to be obligated to it. Like my whole life yeah. started here. So it's like, yeah, yeah I yeah. would rather not be a desert rat, but I guess I am anyways. Yeah. And um, definitely three did you win it out there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dudes. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. I know. So much. <laughs> there. Uh, it's awful out here, man. And especially now, like it's it's a hundred degrees right now, dude. I'm like, I'm not fucking uh, going outside, dude. Screw that. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. That is death. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Like that's that's definitely the sweaty ball things, you know, swamp ass and all that. That's definitely <laughs> yeah. a thing. But, like, it can happen out here. It's just, like, basically when you're fighting the dry heat with, you know, like a, a swamp fan or something like that. That's when you start yeah. to get swamp bass. And you're like, dude, I just might as well yeah. jump into a pool or go to the yeah. lake. Like, this is ridiculous. Right, <laughs> South Texas and Louisiana weather, unforgiving. 
<laughs> unforgiving. I happened to get a sample of that with freaking goalie lock zone, middle Tennessee, baby. Like that was, that was a fun chapter of my life. I hope to return there one day. And the funny thing is I do prefer like humidity and stuff like that over the dry heat any day. Cause if it's here, it feels like I'm yeah. in a conventional umping, bro. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to dry out and just set on fire eventually. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Spencer, um, being that I have your Instagram pulled up, low key, I'm stalking it right now, just like going through. Yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> here's here's the new idea. <laughs> but um, if anything, I definitely did want to ask and be that person. Do you remember yeah. your first bass guitar? Yeah, my first bass guitar was a four string Squire P bass, <laughs> and then shortly after that, I got a four string BC Rich Warlock, and then Middle. yeah, and then after Middle. that, I had. <laughs> I had a six-string um, LTD B416 SM. And then after, I've had like over 30, 40 guitars. Right now, <laughs> I recorded this album with a Dingwall. And that's actually like a Dingwall MG3. Right. I shipped it down here just to remain consistent with everything. So I shipped it down here, and that's the bass I'm using. I use it for the music video. I'm using it to do scratch tracks and pre-pro for this album and stuff. So, yeah, it's... Uh, that's what I'm playing right now. I like it a lot. And, uh, you know, it's good for these low tunings because we play in drop G. So it's hard to get a bass <laughs> to, like, intonate well when you're tuning that low. And you got to use thick strings and everything. Yeah. Even then, it's, uh, that it's not perfect. <laughs> they might as well but be it's metallic it's good. ropes, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like fucking suspension bridge. Cables, yeah, man. for sure. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Um, that that's I just thought about that, too. Like... Ba the, yeah oh that sounds so terrible on the fingers but it's fat it's yeah. thick and that's how <laughs> yeah. you prefer it half the time so <laughs> yeah oh it's thick it's definitely thick <laughs> and if anything too i definitely wanted to ask basis to basis did you start you with the bass guitar or did you get an acoustic or electric guitar first oh the other way that's my uh oh geez yeah it's one 145 for the oh my god it's pretty thick <laughs> Pretty yeah. fucking yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've only ever actually played like when I was a kid. I played piano, and then in elementary school, I played trumpet. But um, yeah, as in terms of string instruments, as string instruments go, all I've really played is um, bass. Man, like I only play bass. I play bass in three bands right now, and that's all I've ever played. It's just it's what I do. Everybody needs a bassist, yeah. bro. <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, pull away from what I'm good at. <laughs> but yeah, the reason I love Spencer is because he plays with his fingers and not a pick too. Like that's a big like fucking thing. I think is super rad. Is I love bass players that play with their fingers instead of a pick. The ladies right. must be happy. <laughs> 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 oh. <Ooh. laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. that's awesome man and uh yeah. let's see how how long have you been in um like obviously you have your three bands you have cryptic enslavement you have riff walker that was riff walker was your earliest project right correct right and let's see do you have a favorite i mean a lot of the bands the other two bands have been kind of like inactive for a while and this band's picking up so much steam and, like, it's really cool to see shit actually getting done. 
Yeah. That like right now is a top priority, but it's hard to say, man. I love playing all different types of music. So yeah. I couldn't really say it. It's like, do you have a favorite child? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely about putting a little bit of pressure on there, but not like prying yeah. too much because we don't want to be annoying here on the crosscast. But um I love see. these I love these boys a lot. <laughs> yeah. I would say that. Yeah, that, that's that's what's work. important. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely hell yeah dude well if anything you know we've we've been talking a lot um and we've been learning about your history and apparently my dogs are going the fuck off right now i don't know why yeah Puppos. you don't have a home invasion <laughs> i hope not bro <laughs> i'm doing a podcast right now i can't move um i'm kidding wow but <laughs> Anyways, uh, Spencer, um, as we're, you know, continuing to learn about you as the basis, like, um, let's see, let's see. Let's get into West. Let's, yeah. West. Dig more. Right. <laughs> right? You want to ask my five favorite bands? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, at this point. Uh, well, what really, what really got me going, I'll give you, I'll give you my five favorite death metal bands and like that really influenced me. And then I'll give you like some of my favorite bass players. But, um, I'd say off the top of my head, like. Dying Fetus, um, Black Dahlia, Quo Vadis, um, fuck, uh, Beyond Creation. Two more. That's that's four. That's three. That's three? Yeah. Dying Fetus, Quo Vadis, Beyond Creation, Black Dahlia. Oh, sorry. That's four. Oh, yeah. Sorry, can't count. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, fuck, man. Um... Let, let's just say suffocation because yeah. I love suffocation. Cool. suffocation. <laughs> Derek Boyer, obviously a huge yeah. influence on me. So yeah, in terms of like big death metal players influence on me, Derek Boyer, um, Dominic Laquant, uh, Jordan Paul Thessaline from Obscura, all those guys, and then um, Evan Brewer, and then other bass players. Like I'm a huge Victor Wooten guy. I love uh, Adam Nitty. I love. Um, yeah, basically anyone who plays fast with their fingers, man. That's that's my shit. <laughs> that's kind of the formula. That's you, know, you gotta keep it moving, you gotta keep it fast. And you know, that, yeah, that yeah, allows fast. you to continue being fast in your freaking sonic yeah, mindset yeah. over here. But that's a, <laughs> absolutely incredible and much appreciation to you, Spencer, for deciding to provide us with a little bit of your background as a bassist. And maybe one day we'll be having Riftwalker and Cryptic uh Devourment, right? Okay. Hopefully. Maybe one day we'll be getting them on the podcast instead. Oh yeah, man. We love that. We love that, bro. More coverage, more bands, bigger encyclopedia. Let's go. Definitely, so, definitely, bro. Part three. Let's go ahead and uh let's bring up Beto. Oh. Hey. Your turn, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Start as early okay. as you wish to. Uh, we want to, you know, this is your time, man. This is your time to shine. This is your time to talk about yourself. You know, like boost your ego a little bit, whatever you want to do. Or like, <laughs> if you have one. Because <laughs> yeah, everybody well, has one, but that's okay. Well, my name is Beto. I'm 23 years old. And I, I'm a musician from Juarez, Mexico. And I happen to be playing in here in El Paso. And with these schools from Ellsworth, but El Paso. <laughs> um I started playing guitar when I was around seven. And then, you know, I have my little middle school, high school bands, which eh, they're, they're, I don't want to count them. But um, 
my first band was the Flesh and Got It around 20. Talking about this. Oh yeah. I joined it. I joined in 2019. And so I did for Devour the More. And we're basically the same dudes. And he was included in both projects. And then when COVID happened, I wasn't able to come to the United States for almost two years because I'm a Mexican citizen. And for the time being, I couldn't cross to El Paso. And that's when I told you about how we got the everything shit going on. Here we are. Um, I personally like lots of metal subgenres. And when I write music, I really don't like to stick to a certain yeah. genre. I just like right. to be fast and stick. Or sometimes I just want to be like like primitive and slow and like knuckle dragging, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I guess that would be it. And I think it's pretty cool that I have some that I have a project going on with dudes from different parts of the States and Canada. It's just like, it's, it's fucking amazing, man. Yeah. It makes it a lot bigger. Like it, it's very unique because even just like 50 years ago, you wouldn't really hear about a band with members based in different countries. Like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. So nowadays uh, it's like the, the creative boundaries are infinite. You have so many yeah. projects where the the drummer or something is over in Slovakia, like Chris mentioned earlier. And then, you know, yeah. over time, when people are wanting a more something more physical, something more in person, that's when you, like, decide whether or not you want to try to recruit people that are familiar with what you want and are able yeah. to play what's already there. And then yeah. you make it a live band. You know what I mean? So well, we're we're lucky enough to have everybody from like North America. So like, yeah. that makes a huge difference instead of having people from fucking like Russia or Japan and shit. So like we're on the same side of the world. We're lucky yeah. to we're gonna make our live debut in twenty twenty four when these two guys are gonna with their school schedule and we're gonna be touring like in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Badass, badass. We're just, we're just taking like this time to promote our record and stuff. Oh. Music prison, if you will. We're locked up in an Airbnb in El Paso and doing a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. It sounds absolutely fun. I can now wait for the day, ladies and gentlemen, for those listening, where it's me and the guys in blind, man. Whether it be um, me, my sister, because she's a new addition, or like any of the other members that end up being becoming a part of the project like i cannot wait for the days when we're getting airbnbs or when we're going to specific places to film music videos because that's the fucking life force of a band at the end of the yeah. day you can have all the music you can have all the content that way you have source material and be like yeah we actually did write an ep or we actually did write an yeah. album but now it's like the next step yeah. is getting people yeah. in our local area, recruiting, right? It's like um, basically the the actual material behind the band. That's the poster, man. Like that's the, yeah. here, you know, we're hiring. Please join if yeah. you know how to do blast beats, please. Yeah. Yeah. Drama, you know, it, yeah. that's, 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 that's the fucking hardest part, bud, is the fucking drummer. It's the hardest yeah, part. Shout out to our boy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, man, we love yeah. it. Yeah, cool kid. Thanks for joining our band. Oh. <laughs> Actually, we left this morning. Right. We left this morning, but why is he living out the podcast as well? And it was like my bad. We were supposed to do this Friday, but I was like, literally, I drove around all day. Like, we were 
I can pick up a drum kit for the music video. I'm like, and pick up shit at Guitar Center. And shit, like, it's it's all just uh, the, the logistics for that day were so fucked, man, and everyone was so it's tired. My, it's my bad. No, you're good. You're good, man. I don't. I really don't mind because I've had situations before. Not to name any bands out because I'm not fucking stupid. Um, but I've had bands. You know, we had to delay for a month or a week, or we had to delay like consecutively week after week. And I'm like, okay, are we actually doing this? You guys, what's going on? You know. For sure. While we were like together too, we definitely wanted to do as much of a full band as possible. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, nonetheless, we're here now. We're doing the podcast session. And that's what really counts is we're putting this in the books. And most likely, no matter what happens, this will be part one. And then when you guys are releasing your next album, I'll bring you right back. Yeah, sure, man. We'll be down for sure. Oh, Oh. 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 There you go. It does that. Like, this is a sure SM7B. Do a better job, people. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But um, if anything, Beto, the same way that I ended up asking Spencer, do you remember your first guitar? And to add a little bit more spice, that way I'm not actually asking the same question, that would be part A. Part B, are you satisfied with your current rig or are you, like, really just daydreaming about, like, an $8,000 guitar? Obviously, that's a fake number, but, you know. How are you looking with your gear right now, man? Are you satisfied or? Oh hell yeah, man! I love playing Legator guitars. I bought I bought both both of them back in 2020, and ever since I've just been very happy with them. They just play like butter. I I just love the way it feels to play. And uh, my first guitar. You know, it was a shitty Ibanez, like three hundred dollar Ibanez. Geo. Yeah, Dio, the Dio blue yeah. guitar that I bought. That well, then my parents bought for me for my yeah. birthday back in Torreon, Mexico, which I lived for like two years. And then uh, I got another Schecter Omen Six with active pickups, which I still own to this day. I bought it. I bought it. In, well, my parents bought it for me 2011. And, and yeah, and by the way, they helped me out in getting my guitars. This is the one that I use for a pretext. This is the one that I use to record the album with. Um, I swapped the pickups for Elysian, which were made by Adam Bath, who used to work for the Guitar Marie. He like, got his own pattern. I don't remember exactly how that worked, but they sound killer, man. I love this guitar so much. And okay. it's multi-scale, as you can tell. And I don't know, man. I just, I'm so in love with these guitars. And, uh, but I haven't owned many instruments throughout the years that I played guitar. All, uh, three, all three of us play Legator. Legator. Yeah, Legator. I mean, we all play the same guitars. Ooh, hell yeah. Bringing all the gear. Let's go. There's the ding wall. Ding, 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 ding. I love it. It looks yeah. gorgeous. Slap that great. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's real sick. I love it. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. Slap me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. And I appreciate both of you for sharing your gear because that's something brand new to the podcast. We usually, um, I usually don't think to be like, hey, can you show me your guitar? You know? Oh, yeah. No, we just we just started grabbing their guitars because they're right next to us. So. Yeah. You got oh, the yeah. whole setup like yeah. right behind this camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Absolutely. 
well, fantastic, man. And if anything, Beto, if you could do me a favor and just like the rest of the boys, um, a little bit of pressure, you know, zoning in on you. Um, you are the primary target of these like next two minutes or something. I don't know. Um, go ahead and provide me five different albums, bands, or just musicians in general who have really like motivated you. More than pleased, man. Uh, I love Origin. The album Antithesis was like mm -hmm. a key, uh, a key album for the making of Endless Cycle of Suffering. So it was uh, Decapitated Winds of Creation, oh, yeah. Abominable Putridity, uh, Anomalies of Artificial Origin. I'm such a slut for that album. And even their new record too, which by the way, this is the shirt yes. that I'm wearing. Yes. And uh, yeah. uh, You didn't say death yet. Oh, yeah, death? <laughs> uh, yeah, well that's old school death metal, but death is one of my all-time favorite bands and decrepit birth as far as like tech death goes but like i'm also like a big fan of like you know a whole bunch of subgenres like deathcore even i really like uh uh ingested well if you want to call it deathcore slamming or whatever the fuck i, I that's another influential album influential album uh job for a cowboy well the death metal job for a cowboy um cognitive and the kennedy veil yeah those are like the key artists and key albums for for the making of this record that we just put out. Fuck yeah, dude. Awesome. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Wesley, you're final. You are the last yeah. one. Bro. Come closer, boy. We don't fight. Yeah. Come closer. Come closer. <laughs> this dude's fucking huge, bro. <laughs> hello, hello, my friend. It's good to finally get you on the podcast. Like, when I really Yo. think about it, when I really think about it, I've been trying to get you on the podcast for like the last uh, year or so because I've been oh, like, hey, Stevie, Stevie, like, come on, come on, come on. Let's oh, go. give me soul song, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I, hope to, I hope to, but, you know, he seems yeah. to be really busy, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I know with the last album, I hope we all make it out alive. He just released it and was like, this is it. Soul Soul's done. Yeah. So that's like, all oh, I know. <laughs> that's pretty but, much what it is. Like, we talked with him playing games and stuff like that. So still around and stuff. Yeah. So it's not like he's a complete stranger. So there could yeah. be something maybe, right? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, yeah, no. welcome to the podcast, man. It's good to have you on. I know you're in so many projects, including freaking shout out to Joker, baby, with possession, with intent, man. Oh, yeah. I know you're part of that project, and you know we did content recently for that. Most likely, we will be, we'll be hosting that band on the Anatomy Pod Crosscast in the future. So you'll be right yeah. fucking back on the podcast here yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, for starters, that's awesome. Yes, sir. For starters, um, let's go ahead and go back as early as possible. But because I know and I have a feeling that you've been in a lot of band projects, my friend, <laughs> let's go ahead and kind of chunk out how you ended up getting involved with the pretext to human suffering, uh, all that fun stuff. Okay. Well, basically with that, um, just Chris had hit me up, like being in Defleshed and Gutted. We had a little bit of time where it was just kind of, we had just dropped the split or no, it was a little, it was before that. We were in the middle of writing the split and doing some work. And then basically it was just, uh, you know, him saying, hey, well, I got this project. I had heard a track that Bethel sent me. And uh, I thought it was his, but it was you that wrote that. And he's like, damn, that was so sick. It's exactly what I need for this project. I need this kind of brutality. Can you come through? Sure. 
And I mean, I did a, a guest solo for the EP for Rotting Sanctum for Humanity's Final Cleanse. Yeah. So I came through on that one and just did like a solo and it was like, all right, I'll just do this real quick. And then it was like, hey, you know, if you want to, just stay on, dude. So here I am. Here you are. Here you are, <laughs> yeah. man. And um, probably like one of the biggest and like bulkiest dudes I've had on the podcast. Dude, this guy's <laughs> fucking huge, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm like 264, dude. Oh, I'm like maybe two, two oh, oh, twenty. I'm units. <laughs> but if anything, too, you know, being that you ended up getting into a pretext through kind of your like god tier riffage, um, I can only assume. Um, I, I take it uh, you're more of like the shreddy guy, right? For a pretext, I love to play fucking fast. That's the problem. Like a lot of people are like you know tech in a lot of ways where they're all over a board or they're going from chords to chords that are just super hard and i'm just a dude that's like fuck it let's just play this thing super yeah. fucking fast and then slam them down and kill them like fuck it stop it on a dime that's the whole vibe of this shit for sure yeah dude. seriously dude oh my god yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking about it like when i brought the song uh shadow of time to the to the album i don't know if you've heard that track yet but yes there's a part in there that legitimately is like a faceless nod, kind of, and it was just like Spencer going, "Hey man, fuck that part, dude." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. Like, I'm like, oh man, like you know, so it's all fun. But like, that's where it's just like, yeah, a lot of the times I've just always wanted to go fast. But like my other band that I have too, um, Inhuman Atrocities, we have a song called like "Get yes. on the Slab." I think that shit's like 280 BPM. Then the blast like. Doo -doo like yeah, yeah dude it's always like meat grinder shit all the time with me like beneath the maskers like somebody that i've always heard and I'm like, oh hey, yes yeah, yes bring it through bring it through bring that speed man yeah. you know so and that's like a little benchmark <laughs> yeah absolutely man and if anything you know now that we've kind of like addressed and had you speak on behalf of like your entry into a pretext to human suffering I want to yeah. I want to go back like woo, woo, woo. let's go back in time a little bit and let's yeah. go ahead and talk about your background and how you ended up becoming guitarist and just jumping across all these different projects but first of course you know yeah. how'd you get into guitar Oh well the way I got into guitar was literally I me and my dad were throwing out the trash one day in my apartment uh building and then freaking we found one in the trash <laughs> and it was just like the neck had come apart with the wood so my dad, we just put a clamp on it, put adhesive, put a screw through it, dude. And I had like the worst okay. intonation, but we made it work because it was like, hey, here's an acoustic now. Yeah. And so that's how I started playing. But prior to all that and like not having really, you know, saying like uh, music theory and knowing scales and things like that, I basically kind of do, but I used to play uh, stand-up bass. I used to play viola, violin, cello and all those kind of things, but it was like third grade. Right. And we're playing Disney songs and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, it was just something to learn. I think Peck the Ball Cannon was like one of the hardest songs we ended up playing and whatever. But like, that's a pretty basic classical music thing. I played all these different levels where it was like, I was a violin. Oh, there's too many violins. Go to viola. All right. Now we're starting to have a lot of violas. Can you go to the cello? Because you're a bigger dude. How about stand-up bass? Because we need that. Okay, boom. And there it was. I'm all in the bass. Yeah, and then that's where my parents originally bought me a fucking bass. It's like uh, School of Rock. Fucking cello. You got yeah. a bass. Like, straight yeah. up, dude. That's what they did. My mom just said, hey, here's a Dean. And I just came home, and it was like a Dean Playmate, little four-string. And I'm like, 
cool, man. And then I just started learning uh, red hot chili peppers, smoke on the water and shit like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. But then it was like just years of kind of just fucking around on bass. It went into, oh, I found this trash can guitar and then made it work. And then next thing I know, it was like, like Alberto said, we were walking through um, Guitar Center and here's a seven string Ibanez of some little $200, $300 special. It was like, yoink, give me that. I'll pick that RG7 up real quick and just start jamming. And then that's all we were doing, just playing deathcore, playing metalcore, going throughout all the years of playing all this different stuff, man. So, but it's, that's kind of something that's always kind of helped with, I guess, the writing that I've done that is like, I've been playing forever, probably like 20 something years now, to be real with you. And it's like, I've gone from being in a metalcore band to like going grindcore to going like weird noise and like all these different things back to deathcore, back to brutal death metal. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying the different things. It was like, oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. And then that was kind of what was like the magic of this band, which is kind of sick, is the fact that we're just getting together. Chris kind of had all this music kind of plotted out with the first EP. It was his baby. Showed us a couple songs that he had. Beto had a couple songs. We had a couple songs. We actually worked together and it wasn't like, no, this is my song. Yeah, you yeah. can't change it. No, 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 no. None of that. Like we actually worked. Oh, that shit. Yeah. And it's continually like kind of flourishing, like on its own. Like nobody's having like a real ego about anything it's just an actual yeah and i got melting and i gotta point that out because that, that's what people enjoyed of of our band and it's pretty cool you know it's when you're writing music or you're making a record sometimes it's very easy to get caught in your own head but apparently this approach is what made people yeah. like our stuff and so it's like Okay, that means this the, the way that we are going about things. Yeah, 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 definitely. Nobody in this project has an ego of any kind, and that's like a huge pet peeve of mine. Is like I cannot stand people that think they're fucking better than somebody else to come off like arrogant. Like that's a hell no. So all these guys are just normal dudes. <laughs> Good. Yeah, really easy, really easy for all of us to get along, man. Good. It's very natural. Yeah, and I can tell you one thing, brother. Like, there's one thing that's taught me. Something that I listen to this message, because I can straight up say, Chuck D always says, pay attention, the cheapest thing you'll ever do. So if you're listening, listen, do yourself, whatever, pay attention, cheapest thing you'll ever do, right? But my littlest niece, I sent some CDs back to like my family in Arkansas. My littlest niece is seven and they start putting on the album. And this isn't, this isn't us, it's another band, but they play a song, then they play the next song, then they get to like the third song and my niece goes, Hey, Papa. He's like, yeah, baby, what's up? Why is it the same song? <laughs> right there, it's like, damn, dude. Like, you're making the song that's just the same ass song over and over and over again <laughs> to a little kid who doesn't know anything about music. That tells you you suck. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> better go back, dude. So, like, that's where I love the band, too. Of, like, all these songs don't start dun, 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 dun. like every time. Nothing wrong with it. It's not just the blast, but hey, we're giving you some taste, you know, it's a sampler of all these different things, which is fucking great. Yeah. You know? And nonetheless, yeah. like a pretext to human suffering, it is built upon the ashes of relentless, just brutal death metal. And like Chris said, like Spencer said, like Beto said, there are all these major influences. Of course, overarching, it's like slam slash death metal slash like OG death metal and metal and shit. Yeah. Lots of metal, lots of freaking iron, steel, like bronze, all this type of shit. A lot of, you know, armor being made. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. 
And if if nothing else, a pretext to human suffering is ruthless, but it's it's recognized and it's 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 music that's made as a band should make music. Like there there's um everybody's in agreement, everybody's in unity. Like like Chris, yeah. you said, um there's like no song on this record where it's like this is my song. Don't fucking touch yeah. my song. It's like no, this is our song. You know, yeah, it could be yeah. the freaking. Bugs Bunny communists, you know, I mean, just like this is our yeah, song. So I love the that. Hammer just sing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 right on. And that's what really makes music work so well. It's really what rocks the charts in the end is when everybody can confirm for themselves and also have it confirmed via podcast. Hello. That, you know, everybody's working together. There's no fucking egos involved. That's what really makes music solid shit. And it's cool to know that, you know, despite all these prior projects that you've had before, that ended up kind of being like, well, your resume that ended up being your portfolio. Now you're bringing it all together. You're mashing it. You're like putting it in the blender, John, erratically speaking. And now you're like, okay, so I got possession with intent, but I also have a pretext to human suffering, which is like just this interesting international project where you got multiple people across, well, the Western hemisphere, really. Um, and they're all just coming together to make ruthless music. It's it's like, it's a beautiful yeah. thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to yeah. uh, record in history for deep underground heavy fucking counterculture and um i can't stress it enough it's an honor to have a project like this on the podcast and to also utilize the opportunity whilst you guys just accomplished everything that you have already cranking new music despite the album i just listened to and i'm like what the fuck there's already more stuff coming but that's like oh, yeah. that, it's like i said people. it's like i say on the channel the inter yeah. the great eternal music machine it keeps cranking it doesn't fucking stop oh, yeah. And the moment oh, yeah. it stops, it's because there's water rusting the gears. Don't be the water. You got to yeah. continue cranking with the gears. So, yeah. without a doubt, man. Like I, I don't know. Compared to uh, compared to previous projects and all of the projects that you've been into or that you've been involved with, Wesley, um, yeah. what would you say kind of stands out with the pretext to human suffering? Would it be you know the the massive like Western Hemisphere collaboration aspect to it? Would it be the relentlessness? Would it be the speed? Like, what's the thing that's really stood out to you that you love about this project? Honestly, it's the way the riffs do hit. There's a lot of that stuff where, like, we were listening to the the, the mixes, like, the sample mixes of the album. And it was like, I'd be at the gym, dude, and I'm, like, running on the treadmill. And, like, uh, for instance, like, the song Formless Collective has a filter part of it where it's, like, the setup of the breakdown. Da -da 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 -da. And it goes quiet. Just the way that whole... I was like getting fucked up, fucking <laughs> trying to hit the stupid fucking thing as I'm running, dude, because it was just hyping me. Like I was listening to Body Snatch or something like that, you know? And like that's the thing about like the songs, and there's they all do have that ruthless savagery to them. They all got the speed and the quickness to it. Like honestly, the, the song Rotting Sanctum has some very crazy. <laughs> like it's just fucking going off and i like that it just streamlined razor sharp rips you know like, that's kind of what we kept going with the album because it's like i feel like a lot of bands like no shade to anybody but a lot of guys are into being like slower 
you yeah. know, heavy single note riffs right now. And it's like, that's cool, but like, that's not what we do, you know? And I love that it's got that energy because yeah. it keeps me, it keeps me entertained in yeah. a way. Cause there's some albums that will be great, but I mean, I could hear like two or three songs and be like, all right, uh, I could change it now. Like, sadly, even though it's a great album. But yeah. Yeah. And, and don't forget, exactly. and don't forget the, the, the ominous atmosphere sound we have on a record that just doesn't make this brutal death metal so yeah. conventional. Yeah. yeah, it's very true. Agreed. A lot of spice, a lot of flavors. Yeah. A lot of spice and everything nice. And I mean, of yeah. course, you know, like, like you mentioned before, um, there are a lot of bands who are just like kind of getting slower with their breakdowns. And it's like, as far as I'm concerned, oh, it's like the beat down blue cheese, right? And that's like, that's yeah. I don't know why. That's the first thing that came to my head. It's like, it's rotten, <laughs> but it's still edible, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're throwing that freaking beat down blue cheese, like last 10 seconds of life, pale face, oh, yeah. orphan, you know, that type of stuff. And once you add that in, of course, you have no choice but to kind of slow down. Maybe you take it's like taking a hit off of a vape because apparently we're going <laughs> yeah. a blue cheese analogy to taking a hit off a jewel or some yeah. shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like well, we, fucking we, whack, bro. But we play so fast. Up, yeah. We, we, we play at speeds that when we slow down, it doesn't necessarily need to be that. You know what I'm saying? Like comparatively, like when you're blasting at like 290 beats per minute, yeah. when you're going into your breakdown or like yeah. your heavier section of a song, when you're half timing that, it's so fast. But yeah, I don't know. And like nothing is really like forced in like with a mindset like we need to do this this and this for like right. our music it's just like we write riffs and if we fucking dig them we use them and that's it like that's how we write our music exactly it's like, like like i was saying before we try to create movement we don't give a shit about like having to repeat riffs or, like we do sometimes we don't sometimes it's just however the song feels as a composition and that's it it's we only give a shit about how the song like moves around and hits that's it <laughs> yeah you break it down to creative instinct and sometimes that's the best way to make music is just by like okay this feels right it's yes. like but what if it's not beat down enough it's like who gives a fuck bro it's yeah. My yeah. Yeah. exactly dude no, say it's slammed enough yeah tickets come we have some tickets from the slam police we gotta make <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely man. Fuck yeah. oh my god it's slam police oh my god that takes me back it took our hammers away for right now <laughs> <laughs> well either way as we're you know digging deeper into the session and we're like right. about halfway through now um taking yeah. up more than enough of these gentlemen's time um if anything wesley um go ahead and off the top of your head same thing as the rest of the guys. Go ahead and drop five different albums, bands, people, anything that makes what you make like work. I guess that, that was a terrible way of saying it, but um, you know, just all these major musicians in your life that uh, along the way have inspired you to do what you do for a pretext yeah. to human suffering. I guess like isolating it down to one of your projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like really. Um... Off the top of my head, I could say, like, Simon from the band Nightmare or War from a Harlot's Mouth. That's always something that I think about. We want to have a certain darkness and stuff to this to these albums. We want it to, like, not only, like, hit you with it being heavy, but emotionally, like, make you mad. If you're actually listening to the album and you look at the lyrics of, like, what he's saying, like, 
where there's some people who will say like the song um, Endless Cycles of Suffering, they'll complain, oh, these guys are poor. Like that's always like how you just say it, right? But if you're looking at the actual lyrics at the end, I believe he says like very manically, like the cycle, the cycle, the cycle. Like it's literally got the emotional hit of it as well, where it's like, it's hard, it's ominous, rude, fucking hard shit. And like, that's a band like Nightmare or War From A Harlot's Mouth where like, I'll take an influence from them because they make some pretty fucking whacked out shit. And it's some pretty hard sound stuff. Like, damn, dude. Like I could just go on and on and on talking about that, but that's definitely one of them. Um, Like some of the leads that you hear in there, like Formless Collective, where it's a little more of the, yeah, it's melodic and shit, but really, it's like a fat nod to Abe Suzuki from Vital Remains. Christianize, Icons of Evil, tons of songs. Like, dude, that, that shit just rips, and that's like, I try to do the nod to that. Ralph Santolo is like another guitarist that I really like. Alexi Leho from Children of Bodom. They got some really, they got some really sick shit right there. Um, yeah, other than more. that, it's like, other than that, really, it's like the Red Chord and... Um, animosity those are less bands that always like fucking just come through i mean job for a cowboy always kind of had something beneath the masker but those were just bands that i listened to solidly decapitated solidly you know you can't really say like they're the top just a part of the dna dude. yeah yeah like you know it's like i can hear the fucking dead 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 just i'm trying to lay down and go to sleep dude Seriously, <laughs> for real so it's just with the creation yeah dude it's just, you know no matter what, it's just, they're fucking sick, dude. But yeah, Animosity is a really one where, like, people will say, oh, there's deathcore bands, blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, to me, Animosity and the Red Chord are real deathcore. Like, it's death metal, death grind, and it's actually got the cores, grindcore, hardcore. Like, it's all yeah. of it. It's not just I, that. I, I get agree. Know. That's, like, what I think of when I hear, let's say, deathcore. I think of the, two, the same two bands as, like, Actual death metal and actual like hardcore music together is like a red chord and animosity, and they're both fucking huge influences and fucking awesome. Yeah, because I think if I remember correctly, there is a review that Lando did on uh, the animosity album Animal, and it was talking about the creativity and kind of like how some of our riffs are where we try to make them a little more different. But there's a part on there where I guess the guy had actually said that Naveen never had solid blasting for longer than five or seven seconds or something on that whole album. So it wasn't legit. Like how you usually hear stuff. It was like actual written out drums and like playing on all these like fucking uh, rhythms and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And Flesh Ross, a great one too. Sweet. So definitely Animosity would be rec. Yeah, definitely. If you've never heard of check out Animal, check out Empires. Okay. Fake Blood was like the first track that was like their popular one, but it's old school. So yeah, that's old. Right. Yeah. Because they do have a lot of like hip hop and groove to them as well, <laughs> which is pretty sick. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, cool. Oh, yeah. Well, boys, we are now done with the first half. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can sense it's like, oh fuck, right. this is only the first half. Um, first half. No, <laughs> but as we dive into the second half, being that apparently um, we are not eligible to utilize ads at this moment because um, we need more people to be listening to the podcast, people. We need to at least get like 100 people every two months. So everybody start swarming in, please, please. Like, so I can make at least start making pennies off of this podcast, bro. Right, but anyways, yeah. 
Um, Yeah, dude, seriously. Diving into the second half of the podcast, though, now we kind of address all of you as one collective person. You know, obviously the drummer is not there, so we don't have the entirety of a pretext to human suffering, but we have four out of five. 75%, 90%. 75%, 90%. We're, we're pretty close yeah. to that percentage. And that's what's we're not really- math, We're not math uh, experts. <laughs> we listen to Slam, so that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. forgot no fractions. Whatever you say, the percentages. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, starting off, you know, I kind of want to ask a question, you know, as if it were you guys live in person, you're at your merch table, you got all these sweaty people coming up to you as it is with live shows. And as uh, one of the one of those many sweaty people who's just like, dude, I love to form us collective. Freaking Wesley, I love the riffing in it. That was fucking insane. I think I broke my nose, but I'm I'm doing pretty good. What was the name? What was the reasoning behind the name of the band? You know, just like out of nowhere, out of left field. <laughs> like um what what was the uh the meaning behind the band's name uh, that's a question I, it's basically all the content of this project is like written around like human suffering like whether it be like mental or physical that's pretty much all the all of what this is like the, the full length is just written about from my past like experience as a drug addict like having an existential crisis of existence in a world where I literally feel like I don't belong existing here. Like I don't understand how to live or like why people live and do the things they do. And that's like pretty much what the entire album is about. Right. Fantastic. And that's pretty much like, I mean, like I said, like a lot of it is mental and a lot of it is like physical and it's just that pretty much the entire concept of this project is human suffering <laughs> sweet but right now we were at the zoo enjoying ourselves yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like we're happy dudes nonetheless <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. you gotta balance it out man and i mean projects like spite like dude and this is something i've mentioned on the podcast so many times just because it's like it's been so profound and it stood out to me as much as it has but, you know, just how Darius, uh, during the root of all evil cycle back in 2019, like 2019 to 2020, and basically, um, he described uh, spite and everything that he writes for that project as being the healthiest outlet that he has. And if it wasn't for yeah. spite, he would be in a mental, he'd be in a mental institution. He'd be in a psych ward. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, sure. We can all Pretty much, uh, yeah, bring those types of statements for sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that shit's important is when you do have a positive outlet. And I mean, especially the more ferocious, the more heavy, the more primitive, the more knuckle dragging. The- <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> shit. Uh, Your vocals went out again. Can't hear you. Okay, hi da. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't get why that's the second time. This thing is grounded, I swear. Um in big trouble. <laughs> um so I mean, more or less it's like the more heavy you get, it's like if you're not ready to, you know, get a wife, much regret, you know, that type of shit. It's like why, you know, why are you writing that type of music if you don't have a really dark place to get the music from? I guess unless if you're like formerly bro job, you know, you got to mention them. 
um yeah. and their former discography they're like fucking shut up about the you know the joke music like we're trying to write serious shit now yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sean, uh, Sean like, and there, there there is no sick riff coming out of a saints person mind I'll tell yeah, you that yeah. <laughs> seriously seriously it's like it all comes from a very dark and complicated place and you know that's that's why we have such a um such a thorough and integrated community it's like yeah we're all fucked up and we're all ready to yeah. murder half the time yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but we don't we don't let our interested yeah, thoughts win do we you know <laughs> it's uh it's insane but that's that's really the authenticity behind it you know what i mean like when you're when you're writing music like that if it doesn't come from a place of like not pure insanity because that's that's dramatic but you know if it doesn't come from a dark place like where is it coming from yeah. yeah, like that's the question well, you got to ask yourself. Yeah, that's like at least where the like miracle content is coming from. Where the riffs are coming from is from our like insane brains that don't yeah. stop. Like, yeah. And also, and also, magic mushrooms and DMT. Yeah. I wrote Architect of Reality on mushrooms, dude. <laughs> Hence the name. Hence the name. And then, uh, you know, in Brazil, they do believe too that people that hear songs that aren't written, like say you're a songwriter and you hear it, like I don't know if you you play music, you said, so I don't know if you have bass parts where you're like, oh shit, oh, and you're gonna start doing it. I'll run and start voice recording myself. But they believe that that's your ancestors singing your songs to you, like that's music. That they're giving you, like in your family lineage, or just a catalyst yeah. or like divinity, whichever yeah. way you want to put it, because that's how I wrote. <laughs> on, yeah. I wrote Architect of Reality, man. It's just like I just felt like, whoa, I'm getting all this fucking information, and it just came out supernatural, man. Too, it's like the 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 atmosphere in that song that just like peak mushrooms fucking <laughs> effect, man. <laughs> The Ophiocordyceps, dude, they're summoning me. Like, my ancestors are talking to me. Absolutely, man. That's badass. And, like, yeah. I have yet to partake in any psychedelics and stuff. And a part of me is really intimidated by the idea of doing that. But I will admit that, like, most of the time, when it comes to the material for my own project so far, it's definitely been, like, I do not know how to play most of the shit that I want to put on paper. And that's where oh, Soundtrap yeah. comes in. So, like, I yeah. can picture music videos. I can picture the silhouettes of people. And I oh, think yeah, that's just good for, uh, like, a directing purpose, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know exactly where I want everybody. And if you yeah. don't get right over there, I'm fucking I'm losing my shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, get I get that shit, man. Like, I've got the same kind of brain where, like, I will picture, like, how we want to represent ourselves like visually like with the music video we just shot like oh, yeah. we had very specific ideas for like the shots we wanted and like oh, yeah. we wanted and shit like yeah it's very specific man yeah good yeah and like you can only imagine like with that in mind the the brazilian um like how you just mentioned that like that brings a whole new perspective in like yo are my freaking great grand fathers and shit like <laughs> sending me some freaking like sending me the mixtape for the brain <laughs> like, hey i know you play uh let me sign your teeth real quick they say hey i know you're trying to play some death grand so yeah. this is what it would sound like yeah. <laughs> that's funny that, that's a very interesting concept to think about i like that it's like yeah, yeah. you need that fire 
here's that fire. <laughs> like here's a real fire. Yeah, here's a real fire all the way through the astral plane, baby. But oh, yeah, brother. Fantastic. Um, yeah. if anything, too, I, I know that uh Chris, more or less you gave like an overarching uh lyrical summary for what endless cycle of suffering is. But you know, yeah. whilst we have conquered the meaning of the band name, would you mind real quick just kind of like providing um like oh. more specific lyrical uh like summaries for each of the tracks and we just like kind of go through that pretty quickly or uh let me see if i actually have a lyric or something just here here hold on okay actually i have a lyric book i'm just kidding i'm gonna say yeah i can i can kind of go through track by track there you have it you know it you can sit in the middle on that one uh yeah and and the title track and the cycle of suffering is basically feeling trapped by a substance which was well, like particular substance was like being an opiate addict and that's what the entire first track is about is feeling like locked into this life cycle like that you have no control over at a certain point where you need a substance to literally just feel like a normal person and everything else is crumbling around you in your life and you literally like lose fucking everything including your sanity and just will to keep on existing. Um, that would be the first track. Sorry, this shit is hard to read in here. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm talking about like in this book. It's hard oh. to read. I need, I need glasses. I can't read it for you if you want. Uh, Architect of Reality is like uh, on the same vibe as like what he was already mentioning. Like it was more about like. Uh, Kind of like processing some shit like with psychedelics. Auto Sanctuary is a song about living in the United States, and basically the title kind of sums that up. I think where it feels like it's a hollow sanctuary for people. Everything here is like overly obviously corrupt, and like not understanding why we need to live the way that we're living, just like enslaved to debt and these corporations that run our government and country. And uh, yeah, that's Love this, for you. this is pretty much the entire album content here. Like, Formless is another, Formless and Void are both tracks in particular about once again psychedelics and like breaking through, like getting out of your own like normal consciousness and like going beyond like what you seem to normally understand. Uh, wait, before you move on, for yeah. Formless, okay, I'm not, I, I don't write lyrics for this project, but I kind of feel that Formless Collective was one of us, one of the songs that I try to put words into music, right? And it was like, the vibe of it was to make it sound like something that's otherworldly, like, you know, Lovecraft or Aliens or that kind of shit. Yeah. That's why it sounds like Aliens walking like... And that's kind of the vibe of that, like lyrically, specifically for that track. Um, Shadow of uh, Time is also kind of along the same uh, theme as like Endless Cycle of Suffering, kind of like a continuation of that song lyrically, almost. Uh, else we have Paradox. And like, yeah, those are like, basically, those are the two main themes of this album vocally are like, just struggling with your own existence and then like trying to find a way to understand and like continue on and belong like 
just keep not kill yourself. <laughs> like try to figure out a way and understand why you're here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's basically the whole album. And cool. Yeah. Sweet. That's why I, that'd be the best breakdown I can. Yeah. I would say yeah. that I can do that. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. No, yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, I like it. And sometimes, you know, every now and then it's like the the more or less the reason I do what I call under the skin, the track by yes. track lyrical analysis, is there like there could be tiny little details that kind of separate certain tracks from others. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I get you. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. So in that case, ladies and gentlemen, um, that was endless cycle of suffering, kind of a quick like speed run track by track, but because you know, overarching uh lyrical themes yeah, that kind of resonate throughout the entire album. And if it's yeah, not about, yeah. you know, you know, fuck the government and you know, like we're trying to just exist right now. If it's not about that, it's about psychedelic experiences. It's about going beyond yourself it's, spiritually. Yeah, it's, and it's, 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 like the whole thing is literally uh not it's like starting out as a person, like you're existing in this world. You don't feel like you exist in the light, or you don't understand like why you're here. You feel like you don't belong here, like you don't understand why things are the way they are. You self-medicate get addicted to these substances then you're stuck in the substance and you kind of have to like claw your way out of that substance and then you have to like once again go back into that existential crisis of trying to like find your place and then like it's just commentary on like the things that are wrong or that i feel are like wrong with how human beings everywhere like in this world it's like how we are or how we exist well, you know what I, I mean if i may interject it seems like a concept album based on your own experience yes almost. for sure yeah. yeah and sometimes that's the best place to pluck it from is to get as like raw and personal as possible and reflect yeah. upon a a darker point in your life that way you can bring oh, awareness and try to make sure very, that other people yeah. don't fall into that same path you know what i mean is it is it yeah it's a very honest like album like lyrically you know what i'm saying like from the place yeah. that i'm coming from like i'm not really ashamed of what i've done like i've done some really shitty things in my past i'm not like proud of them but i'm not necessarily ashamed of what i've done i mean yeah. i am who i am and it's made me who i am as a person today so. exactly and dude I'm here with these guys so Right. And I mean, as my own, like, I try not to milk it, really. And what I mean is, like, my own band's name, Blind Without Our yeah. Failures. We are all blind without our failures. We are all blind yes. without the obstacles we have to conquer in life. If you don't live with failure, if you don't live and, you know, take responsibility for certain actions, if you don't yes. feel any negative effects from actual casualties or tragedies in your own life personally because of your own doing, you can never learn what consequence is you can never learn what responsibility is you can never yeah. receive that even that temporary like more profound but still temporary ecstasy of accomplishment of taking yeah, care of true. yourself and taking care yes. of those around you or just yeah. helping make sure that you are living a sustainable life yeah or blind without the fight to get that done so you know again yeah. without milking my own band's name as much as possible You're good, man. it ends up resonating really well and i'm glad that you know instead of calling it just blind because you know you think of all yeah. these bands but just one word and they're like it's better for marketing i'm like well no if you're going to make music and invest thousands of dollars over time into music into your art and this is of course to be honest yeah yeah come I'm from like, a come from a like real place 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's that's gonna what is gonna be what resonates with people the most is just being honest, man. Like don't put up this front of trying to be like this person or that person. Just be yourself and be fucking make yourself. honest music. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's there's a saying where if you like if you see a successful person, like they failed more times. Yeah. You've succeeded for sure because, because the road to the road to success is limited with failures, right? Yeah. So yes. you have to fail so many times before you are able to actually make something. Yeah. Worth definitely successful. Or, yeah. Uh, worth yeah. hearing or seeing or watching. Yeah. Right? Absolutely, for sure. That's fucking meant if you ask me. And I think that's a great way to uh, end the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So much appreciation to everybody stopping by who ends up listening to this. Please listen to the very end because, you know, lore and, you know, just concreting this band's story, talking about them as people, lyrically dissecting endless cycle of suffering um, right after they're like, you know, they've had a pretty good cooking session per se as far as music and just getting shit done where they are right now, making moves for this project, man. It's really awesome to be a part of all of these bands' stories with time. And if anything else, if this doesn't, for example, end up being as big as the Garza podcast or Electric Theater, uh, Sean Clown Cron of Slipknot, his podcast, where he's actually talking with bigger people in the industry, even if it doesn't ever end up being as big as those, because you shouldn't have yeah. that expectation if you're, you know, slowly building something from the bottom, slowly like yeah. in the other crumbs and then making the bread. Because that's just how life sure. works sometimes. Absolutely. Like it's, it's everything works. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like it's it's at the very least satisfying to know that I've talked with as many bands as possible, and the bands that I happen to have picked and taken the time with, whether it be harassing them, like hey. When are we doing the podcast episode? You know, that type of shit. It's nonetheless, it's been really satisfying to tell all these stories. And um, I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to get the session done, tell your story, and just kind of like allow me to hang out in the shadows of what you're doing. We appreciate it, man. Thank yeah, you for the opportunity. You, Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we wrap up episode 50. Stay tuned for episode 51, 2, 3, and like, well, everything beyond. And uh, buenos noches, people. Buenos noches. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. Have a good day, buddy. Thanks a lot. Take care, bro. Yeah. Of course. Of course.